Thanks for listening to another message from Life Christian Church. We hope it challenges and encourages you and helps you to grow in your faith. Don't forget, download our app to stay up to date with what's going on at Life. Share your prayer requests or pray for others. Read the Bible online and much, much more. Simply search for Life Christian Church in your app store. God can. I wonder how many of us in life uh, fail to recognise the power of those two incredible words. Because we live in a culture, we live in an environment where we have become so incredibly self-sufficient that really... In regard to most things in life, uh, we don't need to know a God who can because we can. We have the resources. But the whole purpose is uh, for this series is to help us launch into a thinking and a, a, an attitude or a predisposition that we live every single day understanding that what seems possible in the natural is totally possible through the power of a wonderful supernatural God. Can I hear an amen this morning? Uh, in, in fact, I want this series to be a, a catalyst of, uh, of faith within our church family. Uh, that through this series, we would increase and develop an increased faith ex- expectation. So much so that if through the course of this series... You experience God breakthrough in a supernatural way in circumstances in your life. I want you to let me know so that I can get you up here uh, to share a testimony that is a source then of encouragement to others to be able to believe for the same. Again, can I hear an amen this morning? So God can. The, um, the key text for this is a very short uh, verse, uh, which means we'll be able to memorize it. Uh, Luke 1 and 37, for nothing is impossible with God. For nothing is impossible with God. Luke 1, 37, for nothing is impossible with God. Let's say that verse together. Go, for nothing is impossible with God. Now the context for this particular verse is actually quite a familiar story, particularly around Christmas time. So let's read from Luke 1 and 30. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and, he, and she, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. And I love the context of that statement because it's talking about two humanly impossible situations. First of all, you've got the young girl Mary, who has never been with a man and suddenly finds herself pregnant. Humanly speaking, that's an impossible scenario. And if we did not know the story so well, we weren't so familiar with it and somebody 
sort of told you that story, you would have great scepticism towards it because we know in the natural that's an impossible situation. And then we have Elizabeth in verse 36, Mary's relative. Elizabeth, we understand, is in her old age, which would prohibit her being uh, pregnant, but also says she was barren, which means even when she was of age, a much younger woman, she was still unable to fall pregnant. So here we have a barren old woman uh, falling pregnant. So humanly speaking... It is impossible for the young Mary to bear a child. And humanly speaking, it is impossible for the old barren Elizabeth to bear children. So how does the humanly impossible become possible? Friends, can I say this is the whole, uh, the whole essence of our faith. The essence of faith is that we can take what we would call an impossible situation and see it become possible because faith bridges the gap between our human inability and the limitless supernatural ability of God. I'll say that again. Faith bridges the gap between our human inability and the incredible supernatural power and ability of God. Again, Luke 1 and 37, everybody say it together. For nothing is impossible with God. Friends, God can. Can I hear an amen? You see, we often fall into the trap of thinking, well, if I can't do it, then it can't be done. And that's not something that's just come through cultural conditioning or through privilege because we are so self-sufficient It's just a human trait. In fact, if you go back to the earliest pages of God's Word, starting, you know, right back when God calls to man, where God interacts with man, and and He shares with them a challenge, He shares with them a call, He shares with them a responsibility that He is charging them with, and they all say the same thing, I can't do it, it can't be done. But friends, can I say this morning, that's the whole point. And here is what was the lesson for them and the lesson for us today. When we can't accomplish something in our own strength, it doesn't mean that God can't do it. When our hands are tied, it doesn't mean that God's hands are tied. When our time frame has expired, it doesn't mean that God's time frame has expired. When we feel overwhelmed by what faces us, God is never overwhelmed by what faces us. When we're confused, God is never confused. When we're fearful, God is never fearful. Friends, can I say this this morning? God loves you. God loves you so much that no matter what you face in life, He wants you to know that He is watching on and not just watching on, but He is surrounding you. He is going before you and He says, I've got this, trust me and don't give up. Friends, can I encourage you this morning that even if right now at this point of your life you've got no idea what is going on, even though you might feel overwhelmed and confused and uncertain, God is never confused by your circumstances. He is never threatened. He is never overwhelmed. He knows exactly what's going on because Luke 1.37 again together says, for nothing is impossible with God. 
Now, I want to throw up some beautiful verses that will be a great encouragement this morning. You can go to the next slide there, Sophie. Now, I've printed these out on a little card, so I'm going to ask Andrew to get the ushers to start handing those out. And you can take these home and stick them on your fridge. But hang on to them because I want us to do an exercise in a second. Deuteronomy 31 and 8, as these are being handed out. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Don't be afraid and do not be discouraged. Psalm 27 and 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Isaiah 12 and 2. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Jeremiah 1 and 8. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Luke 12 and 7. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Hebrews 3 and 6. So we say with confidence... The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So what I want us to do for two minutes uh, is to take that card and I want us just to mill around for two minutes and I want you to speak one of those verses over somebody and for then in return to choose another verse and speak that over you. Now, if you're a bit freaked out and a bit uncomfortable by that, you can just sit where you are and just meditate on those verses. But I want us to be speaking these words of life and these words of faith over one another this morning. Are you with me? So for two minutes, jump up, mill around and speak one of those verses over somebody's life and allow them to speak one over you. Let's do that. Go. So how do we go? You know what you've just done? You've actually just prophesied over somebody. We kind of get really freaked out by the word prophecy. We think it's something spooky and something weird. Uh, all it is is declaring the word of God over somebody's life, declaring that truth in faith regardless of circumstance. Yes, there is an element of the prophetic that is also uh, words of knowledge that is you know, uh, an insight into unseen and unknown things. But just generally prophesying is speaking the word of God. Uh, so we've just prophesied over one another. And whilst that might have felt like an uncomfortable exercise, can I tell you, church, we've got to get good or get better at doing that. We've got to speak the word of God over one another. We've got to live in the shadow and the light of God's truth. And so let us be active in doing things like that. Just grabbing a scripture and speaking it over somebody's life. Start with your own family. Speak the word of God. Speak God's truth over your family and prophesy into their situation and circumstance because as we know in Luke 1 and 37 what does it say for nothing is impossible with God in the book of Luke there is uh, another similar uh, um, phrase that is used of Jesus uh, well it's Jesus who shares it uh, and in this particular occasion um, we pick it up in uh, Luke 18 starting at verse 27 a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. 
Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony. Honour your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with men is possible with God. What is impossible with men is possible with God. So this time it's Jesus himself who is saying these words. And interestingly, this time it's not in regards to a physical situation. It's actually in regards to a spiritual situation. And Jesus is saying this in regards to the salvation of this rich young ruler. This rich young ruler asks a really important question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus kind of says, well, let's do a, a bit of a checklist. How do you go uh, you know, with the Ten Commandments? How do you sit with them? And he gives the right answer. Well, all of those I've kept, uh, I, I'm not sure if that's true or not. But then Jesus says, well, that's okay, but there's one thing you lack. You see, this rich young ruler was placing his confidence and his faith in all the wrong things. He placed his faith in his wealth. His faith was placed in everything that he had built and established in his life that made him feel totally self-sufficient and secure. All the things in his life that made life seem to be a safe and predictable space. And he puts his confidence in the life that he's built for himself. He put his confidence in his wealth rather than putting his confidence ultimately in God. Because the reality for this guy is that his wealth supplied all of his needs. And again, uh, this is a danger of the culture that you and I live in. So for this guy, if he was sick, he just went and paid a doctor. If he was hungry, he just went to the market and bought food. Whatever I need, I have all of the resources to meet my own needs. And I can pay my way through life. That's the security or what he thought was the security of the wealth that he'd established. And Jesus says, well, even though you tell me you have obeyed all of those commands of God, there is a flaw in your life and that flaw is your independence. And you think you are self-sufficient. You think that you have the answer to all your problems. And until you see that you cannot save yourself, there is nothing that I can do for you. Because if there's one thing that we need to acknowledge when we come to God, it's this. I actually don't have all the answers. And Jesus says to the rich young ruler, there is one thing you lack. You lack a dependency upon God. You're still trusting in your own resources and your own abilities. And to expose that this was true, Jesus says to him, listen, 
if you want to trust me, uh, go and give all your wealth away. Try doing that. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And in doing so, you will know what it is then to be completely and utterly dependent upon God. To which the Bible tells us the rich young ruler went away sad because he had great wealth. And then Jesus gives us this next phrase. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now the people who are listening to Jesus say these words would have been totally, totally confused by this because there is a cultural context that we need to understand this morning. One of the reasons they would have been confused by that statement of Jesus is that in the culture of the day, wealth and riches were con considered to be a sign of righteousness. If somebody had wealth, it meant that they had the blessing or the approval of God. And the greater the wealth, the greater the blessing. And when Jesus said it was easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter in the kingdom of God, this would have been a total shock to the people who were listening. Who then can be saved? And they don't understand. If the rich people who are obviously blessed by God can't get in, well, Jesus, who can get in? But then in Luke 18, 27, Jesus replied, and again, this great statement, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Because here's the lesson. In the same way that Mary, a young girl who's never been with a man, can fall pregnant, the same way that Elizabeth, an old barren woman, can become pregnant, in the same way, salvation is impossible without God's intervention. We can never ever work our way or buy our way into the kingdom of heaven. It is only God who makes the impossible possible. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It is God and God alone who makes the impossible possible. His salvation, and if you're a Christian here this morning, this is one way in which God has manifest himself in your life in a supernatural way to make the impossible possible. And because of that, we now live with that assurance of eternal life, wonderfully saved by the grace of God. So let's tie these three things together. We have a young virgin girl, an old barren woman, and a rich young ruler who in the natural have, have nothing or can do nothing about their circumstances. In each one of these situations, a pregnant young girl, an old pregnant woman, and a rich young ruler who was totally self-sufficient in need of salvation, each one of those situations represents an impossibility that all become possible because of the supernatural ability of God. Can I hear an amen this morning? Friends, we should never, ever, ever question the ability of God. Instead, we actually need to do what we've done here this morning is encourage ourselves and encourage one another through the truth of God's word. 
We need to reach out in faith to God, knowing that He is working for us. Ephesians 3 and 20, God is able to do immeasurably more than, uh, than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. You see, apart from God, friends, I can do nothing. In the natural, we all have so many limitations. We have uh, so many obvious obstacles. But the moment God steps into the picture, the moment God steps into your life by His Holy Spirit, my faith then merges with God's strength. God wants your faith to merge with his strength. And I hope you believe this, friends, that as my faith merges with God's strength, then according to his will, nothing is impossible. You've gone very silent this morning. My inability, when it becomes merged with God's divine ability, brings about a whole new story, a whole new narrative. It makes a brand new statement Friends, God is here. He is in this place right now. And as we learn to reach out beyond the limitations of our circumstances, we need to know and develop the faith that says God can. God can. Luke 1 and 37 say it again, for nothing is impossible with God. And can I say this is exactly why the devil works really, really hard to keep us separated from God. Because he doesn't like what we just did this morning, which is to speak God's word over one another's lives. He doesn't like you speaking and, and meditating upon the word of God to develop that rich deposit of truth in your life. He doesn't want you here in this place to, to, to be inspired to press into God's supernatural resources. He doesn't want you actively engaging in a community of faith. Because the devil knows that apart from God, you have no power. Apart from God, you have no power. So his number one strategy is to keep you apart from God. And that's why he works so hard to keep us separated. Here's the truth this morning. If you have no godly power, if you have no godly authority in your life, then it's actually the devil who has dominion over your life. And here's something that I want you to remember today other than our key text. Without God, mankind finds themselves in a position of inferiority to the devil. Think about that. Without God, mankind finds themselves in a position of inferiority to the devil. But the good news is, with God, we have absolute authority over the devil and he loses his power over us. Luke 10 and 19, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. And let me pause. That doesn't mean we go up into the bush, take our shoes off and look for a tiger snake. Snakes and scorpions are imagery to talk about the demonic. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Friends, here's the truth. The devil does not fear the world. 
He does not fear those who do not believe in God because they have no authority over him and he has free reign. Does it make sense? The devil doesn't fear the world. The devil fears the church, the body of Christ, God's people. He fears the church because the devil knows very, very well what can happen when a Christian begins to get in contact with the supernatural ability of God. When our faith connects with God's supernatural ability, the devil knows he's in trouble. Yeah. Thank you for that one round of applause and one woo. It's it's good. Again, Luke 1 and 37 say together, for nothing is impossible with God. So as the team comes back this morning, I want to suggest that the key to this verse becoming a reality in your life is one little word contained in that verse, and it's the little word with. For nothing is impossible with God. Can I say it would be equally true to say nothing is impossible for God? And that's true. Nothing is impossible for God. But to say nothing is impossible for God is a really impersonal statement. Yes, it's true. Nothing is impossible for God. But it can be really, really disempowering that says... um, Well, nothing is impossible for God, which means I must then go and seek God out. I must go to the place where God is so that I can experience the power that only God possesses. And that's the stuff that religious pilgrimages are often made up of. Uh, In February, we've got about 20 people going to Israel, which is going to be a wonderful trip. But we're not going there to seek out the power of God or the presence of God. The presence of God is here. We don't need to get on a plane to do that. We we can do that right here and right now. God is here. But when we hold to truths that are only half-truths that disconnect God from us, that say nothing is impossible for God, we get onto religious pilgrimages and we will experience that in Israel where people are going Uh, and making that pilgrimage to connect with the power of God. Now, for all of those who go to Israel in February, it is going to be transformational. It's going to be powerful. It will be such a deeply profound and spiritual experience. But we're not going there to seek after God because God is. He is here. And it is a much more liberating and uh, and powerful truth Uh, When we replace the for with that little word with, nothing is impossible with God because the with changes the context and makes it about a union. It makes it about a partnership. It makes it about a relationship. It speaks of relationship with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Friends, here's the question this morning. Are you with God? And when Luke 1 and 37 says nothing is impossible with God, it's not saying, you know, in the vicinity of God, you will find power. You know, go and seek God out and you will find power. If you're in close proximity to Jesus, if you hang out in church, maybe you'll experience God's power. No, it is saying 
that for those who are with Jesus, those who are in a relationship with Him, those who are in union with Him, there is something deep and powerful that binds them together where our faith releases God's power in our lives. Can I hear an amen this morning? In fact, Colossians 2 and 10 says we are complete in Him. We are complete in Him. And I love that when Jesus commissioned the disciples just before He ascended to His Father in heaven, when He commissions them to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, we actually have the same word again, Mark 16, 20. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed His word by the signs that accompanied it. They did many signs and wonders and miracles because the Lord was working with them. And I love that picture and I hope you can get a hold of that this morning. They did everything not because of who they were, but because of who they were attached to, who they were with. They were in union with God by His Holy Spirit. They were in, in, in connection with, with that source of power, a supernatural source of power. Friends, human ability will never be enough. Without Him, without God, we can't do a thing. Without the ability of God, that young girl Mary cannot conceive. Elizabeth remains barren. And that rich young ruler will never ever get to heaven, nor will anybody else, because it's not about them. It is about the supernatural power of God to intervene, because with God, everything that would otherwise be an impossibility is now made possible, not because of us, but because of Him who resides within us. And with men, it would be impossible. But friends, with God, all things are possible. One last time, Luke one thirty-seven. go for nothing is impossible with God. God can.